Hello and welcome back to Rear Winging It, the F1 podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Harry McKay, and I'm joined by my co-host... Ellie Ledwell. Uh, it's good to be back, Ellie. Um, unfortunately, as our listeners will have heard there, we are down a co-host. We've lost a Mitchell, which is tragic news. Um, I know he's the, the listener's favourite. Um, that, that's so I've heard, yeah. He's, he really brings in the... I was going to say eye candy, but it's a podcast. It's the, um, the mouth candy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ear candy? That's um, there we go. I know that all the lads out there love him. He's a, yeah. he's a gay icon, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fine, he won't listen to us. He won't listen to us. Yeah, if he does listen to us, feel um, free to message in. Mitchell, if, you, if you're hearing this, send yep. us a message of how annoyed you are that we just called you a gay icon. <laughs> Um, hopefully, you know, Mitchell will uh, guest appear in the future, uh, maybe for a special episode, but uh, for now, it's just going to be the two of us. Um, we have had a bit of a hiatus uh, over the summer, um, but we are back, ready to close off the season on a high. We've topped up to our tans as well. Obviously, oh, yeah. people can't see us, but just imagine we're like golden, glistening, you know, yeah. went to Fertimentura, picked up a nice tan, and mm-hmm. we definitely still look like that. I'm I, kind of like a chiselled bronze icon. I'd yeah, say. he looks like, um, what's his name? The mysterious girl guy. Peter Andre. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's that's what Harry looks like for all the, for all the listeners out there. Um, so, we're up to round 20, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. we've um, missed out on, on we, we have We have missed out quite a lot. Um, quite a lot of races. Uh, not much has changed. Uh, Max was in the lead then. He's further in the lead now. He is indeed actually... He's won. Uh, he's won. He's yes, won. Yeah. He won last week. Yeah. Um, in the most anticlimactic driver's announcement, uh, winner announcement yeah, in quite a while. There was a bit of confusion with the points and they couldn't figure out if it was full points because they hadn't done the whole race distance and... There was a lot of calculator tapping going on for a while, and yeah. then it just happened to pop up on the screen. and Mid-sort of driver interviews. Mid-interview, and it was yeah. all a bit confusing. I don't think any of us knew knew who was right, because some people were saying he was champion, some people were saying yeah. he wasn't. But I think he was sat alone in the cool-down room, and someone was like, oh, you're champion. He's like, no, I'm not. He said, no, you are. So he like, ran back down, and then, yeah, they just got told by you know, the interviewer, and it was pretty anticlimactic. But yeah. It's that still, was just a yeah. bit of a sort of disaster of a race all round. Um, to wrap it up a few races early, though, yeah. I'm sure, like, if it wasn't then, it was it was going to happen anyway, so yeah. it doesn't doesn't matter too much, I guess. It's a foregone conclusion, really. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, second for Max, um, well-deserved, do you think? What? For, for the, the win, the championship? Oh, second championship. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's just had a completely dominant car this year and he's been a completely dominant driver. They've won 16 races now and he's won 14 of them. Yeah. So his, he, yeah, the, the dominance is exerted over Checo has been very impressive because yeah. even when you had like Lewis dominating in the Mercedes, you de- always had a closer run battle, whether it be mm-hmm. like Nico or with Bottas. Like there was always more of a competition, but he is just like outclassed all the competition and your main rival has to be your teammate and he's just yeah blown him out of the water this year so yeah it, i mean it was never really a a factor was it perez i mean i like him i think he's a solid driver but if it was a much closer battle um i think they have, they've also wrapped up the constructors now. yes i think so um if it was a much closer battle then that could have come under threat um obviously like last year they didn't get the constructors um so 
I, I think he's he's doing his job, but I think that does rely on the car being the most dominant. Yes, yeah. You, if you don't have the most dominant car and you don't have two drivers who are pushing each other on as far as they can, then you can obviously stumble as they did. Last year, they, they had the better car for a lot of the season, but they didn't have the same level of consistency, I guess. Yeah. Should we jump into this, this week's race then? Yeah, should we look at Mexico? Mexico. Um, do you want to just give some opening thoughts? How did you find find this race? I found it underwhelming. It was quite, quite boring. Quite, I, I was going to use snooze fest for the snooze most fest. part. Yeah. Yeah, it was not the it, best. For a track that I normally enjoy, mm. it felt a bit damp. Like There was yeah. just nothing like... Oh, on to the next one. It's not yeah. going to stick around in my memory, I would say. Um, I think it wasn't, if it wasn't for some midfield stuff going on, yeah, I mean, I know the uh, Sky, Sports, uh, Sky Sports commentators who I do love to, to moan about, um, <laughs> they were really pushing the sort of Mercedes challenge to Red Bull during the race, and it didn't ever look like it was really going to come no. off. Especially when the um, when the Mercedes made their strategies with the yeah. tyres. At the end, they were just, I think they were hoping for something that was probably not going to happen with like the Red Bull tyres fading away so dramatically at the end. Mm. I just You have two drivers who in the Red Bulls who know how to nurse their tyres. Yeah. They're not going to hit a brick wall yeah. and just fade away that quickly. I, it I did mean. feel like that. It was, you know, oh, their tyres are going to disintegrate any moment. It's like... These are some of the best tyre managers out there. And the strategy for Red Bull has been absolutely incredible this yeah. year. You know, I would say, you know, at times Ferrari have definitely had the better car when they, you look at their qualifying pace, mm. but their race pace and their like strategy has hindered them so much. That's why they're in a fight for second, yeah. not a fight for first. I mean, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't think they were mentioned once during this race. They were just no. so out of it. Yeah, I mean, it was suggested that they had their engines turned down yeah. or something to save... I don't wouldn't know. put it past me to be honest, but yeah, I guess with the budget cap as well, teams maybe are having to scrimp and save a bit more now. They can't yeah. afford more new engine parts, so maybe they are going to have to turn turn things down. I don't know what contributed to that, but mm. it was just just from from where they were at the start of the season to now. I mean, <laughs> there they looked like the best of the rest, yeah, and not not title contenders, which we thought that they were a few races in. Yeah, I mean, three four races in, it was. I mean, it was theirs to lose, really. Yeah. But, um, and they and, succeeded. Yeah, they lost it. Classic Ferrari. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Red Bull, I mean, the car, the strategy and the drivers have been, you know, Max especially, top form. So, I mean, they need they had everything they needed to win the championship and this race was just further proof of that. Yes. Um, I, it wouldn't just surprise me if he won the the remaining races either. Yes. And ended, they, they would end up as on a team as... 18 wins or something ridiculous which is it would be i mean he's already uh i think he's got the most wins in the season ever yeah Um, but i think if he won the last two he would have percentage wise i think the highest as well or at least joint highest i saw so yeah Yeah, because it's an incredibly long season this year so all the statistics are a little distorted aren't they yeah so the the strategy kind of differed right from the beginning with the Mercedes and the Red Bulls because the Red Bulls both started on the softs and the mediums. The Mercedes started on the mediums. That surprised me a bit because mm. as Mercedes are obviously on the back foot, they don't have the quicker car. They yeah. need if they're going to win, they need either an error or some gift from God in terms yeah. of the strategy. And I thought it seemed strange to stick both cars. On the same strategy? Exactly. That was my thought. It was, you've, you've got 
Um, I, well, they were second and third, weren't they? Um, I think the, yeah. the Mercedes. So you've got two cars they challenging were. one car for the win, and you don't split your strategy. It just felt like a, a too big a gamble. I mean, they only really need one car to overtake him, right? Yeah. So, especially with the um, the soft cut tire being so much quicker off the mm. line, you'd have thought they wouldn't have wanted that um, that pit window to build yeah. up because the the smaller you can keep it, the more chance of like an undercut, overcut, yeah. whatever. But by allowing them to go on the softs and gain that. I guess early advantage, which you know they could yeah. have got a bit a bigger one. Uh, you know, it just seemed a, a yeah. bit strange to me. But I don't have the supercomputer telling me what no, to do. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it obviously it didn't seem like it was the right strategy. But maybe if they'd done softs as well, or it, it would have been worse. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, I I think they went for this longer pace strategy, but I don't think they pitted that long after the Red Bulls. No, which seems to be quite a common thing with mercedes they they go for this slightly different strategy but then they're still so reactive they don't stick to their guns yeah perez pitted on lap 24 for mediums and hamilton come in six laps later for the hard tires which obviously you'd expect you you know 24 laps was quite a long stint on the soft tires but 30 laps isn't that long on the mediums so it just seemed like they they wasted that time i mean they went medium hard instead of medium soft or soft medium i mean the yeah it's quite a disadvantage on a track that you know people didn't seem to have that much issue with tire deck so yeah if they'd have pushed their first into 45 50 mm. laps on the mediums which i think that they could have done i think and some then had, people did that yeah yeah and then had their 20 laps on the softs and it would have been a different you know yeah. going soft medium medium soft would have been more competitive yeah. then you are challenging at the end rather yeah. than sitting there like a lame duck hoping someone else's tires degrade because like. at no point did they have the fastest tire on their car no and yet they did the same amount of pit stops yeah so it doesn't it doesn't quite add up to no. me i guess obviously george pitted i think right at the end to get a yeah. soft for the fastest lap point but it didn't quite materialize for them and Verstappen had a very good start off the line and he got you know he got away into clear air and Russell didn't didn't start particularly well he lost out two places in the first lap do you think that maybe that's an area he needs to improve on or do you think he just didn't quite get away um I, I definitely don't think he's he's you know as consistent as Max or, or Hamilton um I, I he has had some good starts in the past but yeah this was obviously a time where he needed to be right up there pushing um and it wasn't a great start so it was not it was not the best and again then it just puts them out it puts them behind on the back foot they're always chasing they're always being reactive um and i think ferrari have that issue with their strategy as well it always seems to me like red bull have a plan um they are good and reactive when they need to be um but yeah um and I i think it's just that difference of strategy whereas mercedes are used to being in front they used to yeah um controlling the field whereas now it's sort of the opposite yeah, not used to it. yeah i agree i think also um lando doesn't often get away off the start very well no. he always loses a few places yeah. in the first lap and when you're in a midfield team those few places those few points are very very important so i think like Maybe some of the younger drivers, maybe they're not as good at it yet. Maybe they'll improve, I don't know. But it feels like 
especially for Russell, and especially yeah. like especially for well for all of them, the start mm. is one of the most important parts. I think it's very different, like for Russell, obviously having two cars ahead of you, rather than you know eighteen cars ahead yeah. of you when you're starting you know further back. Although he's maybe a bit more higher up than that. Um, I think with Lando, maybe. You know, he does qualify well, I mean, especially compared to Ricardo yeah. in the same car. He's way up the field than what it seems like the can the car can be, especially in race pace, it's even worse. Um, so maybe it is that car letting him down. Um, it, it Just, again, every season I hope he's in a better car to, to show yeah. us what he can do. But um, hopefully in the future he will. And it, it, he does need to get better at starts. But again, hopefully it's the car letting him down rather than the other way. Yeah, I agree. So I was kind of surprised that how Hamilton was able to keep the pace with Max because after 10 laps, it was only at two seconds. Yeah. Do you think that was like uh, some part of Max not needing to push on, knowing that he had the pace? Or do you think that, you know, they were surprised that the soft and the medium kept kept Mercedes so close? I'm not sure because at, like, at the end, it was the, the medium hard... Um, yeah dynamic and max did pull a, a quite a big gap i know it's over 10 seconds yeah um so you know it, it's possible that it was the ties just weren't as different as they were expecting um i think again you know managing to keep that kind of gap if they had gone longer on those tires you know that you're not you know you're not 10 seconds behind maybe they could have done something more with that um, it's definitely possible Max was holding back. It's not really his style. No, and I did hear on the team radio they said you have to break this yeah. toe. So yeah. maybe he was trying to get as far as he could on the mm. soft tires, and maybe Hamilton wasn't. Maybe if Hamilton was trying harder to keep up with yeah. Max and using more of the mediums, that's maybe why yeah, his stint wasn't yeah. as long. Who knows? On lap fourteen, there was a little bit of argy bargy, <laughs> a little incident with. Gasly and Stroll um, ended in a five-second penalty. I think that this year the penalties have been... Sometimes I think they could be applied a bit quicker. Yes. But I would say that they have probably been a bit more consistent than over previous seasons, especially now for the last few races we've had the same one race director yeah. as opposed to swapping between two as we had done yeah. previously in the season. Do you think like they've been fairer? Or? Um, I think overall, I would say yes. I think there's still work needs to be done. Again, especially in getting them a bit quicker. Um, we had the fiasco on the previous race um, with Alonso. Um, yes. Finishing P7, receiving a penalty, unreceiving the penalty. And this was all going on after the race. Like, it, it was just a mess. So there is still work to be done. Um, I think overall, it's it's getting better. I like the fact that there's one race director... I just think they need a bigger team around them. Yeah, because um, the amount of... There's 20 cars on the yeah. grid, then they need 20 people to be looking at each one of the cars. Yeah, yeah. And then they need another 10 people looking at all of like, the team radios and stuff like that. So there's a lot There's a lot of content um, to, mm. to be looking at because obviously yeah. there's rules about what they can and can't say over the radio. There's obviously instance on the track then that you've got all the contact with yeah. the pit wall and stuff so there's a lot going on that they have mm. to keep up with and i just don't think that there's a big enough team no. and, I, and i think as well when you're you're analyzing something and you're you're trying to make decisions you can be so 
you know, it can be the littlest thing that can tip you from nothing to five seconds or five seconds to 10 seconds. Yes. I think we, we do need a much stricter, um, more concise, um, uh, sort of like a, um, like a document even or saying, Hey, these are what the penalties are. This is what it looks like to get a five second penalty. Um, and then that's good for the drivers. It's good for fans. Cause you can see, are these rules being applied fairly? Um, it's good for them because they can make decisions quicker because they know what is five seconds. They know what is 10 seconds. Yes. Um, you're still going to get people disagreeing. You can't eliminate that. Especially when it's so like emotional with sport and yeah, with the fans yeah. and stuff. There's always going to be a Mercedes fan who thinks one thing and a Red Bull fan who thinks another thing. That's just how yeah. how it works. It's hard to be impartial when it's for the team that you support. Mm. You know, fans are always going to be annoyed with the results. But when you're looking at a result for a driver that you know you don't support or whatever and you think oh that was harsh i think that's when like yeah, you know that it it's been the wrong yeah. decision <laughs> yeah um and i think we'll, we'll come back to this towards the end but i think as well it just sums it up as over this um cost cap breach yes um they said oh we set out penalties but if you actually look at what they say like anything within just at five percent overspend was anywhere from basically nothing to taking championships away and taking points away yeah and that is not setting out the rules that is not setting out a framework so that when it comes out you know okay red bull have done this or if mercedes have done this you can't help but feel you know depending on who you support or just in general how much have you know the teams influence that decision how much are they yeah. being lenient or harsh because there is no baseline to compare and i it's think the it same was, with the penalties i think it was evident that there wasn't like nobody knew what the punishment would be because no. you had zach brown team principal over at uh, mclaren writing to the fia saying what he thought the punishment yeah. should be so obviously there was no sort of concrete framework yeah. for what the punishments would be so people were just thinking like oh i think this would be a good punishment i think that would be a good punishment because mm. we had this conversation ourselves yeah we were trying to figure it out trying to figure it out because it was really just whatever people wanted and then they were allowed to go into an agreement yeah. and stuff we'll and we'll it, go back to it's it not later. it's not a new thing is it like behind closed deals uh, yeah. sort of it shouldn't be a negotiation it was like red bull in negotiation over yeah. their penalty i mean it should be, and you shouldn't have other teams saying, oh, I'm their competitor and I want it to be this harsh, and then setting up this narrative where if it isn't that harsh, they've been let off Easily, sort of easier, yeah. because it should have been exactly spelled out beforehand. And the, the same punishment will like will need to be dealt yeah. out. Because otherwise, now you're like, okay, it was so close, we can't knock some points off or whatever. Or, yeah. or in the future, it could be okay, there's a massive gap, so we can knock off 50 points. It's not going to matter. It needs to be something that is standard despite whatever happens within a season. Yeah, because I think if they had word to have taken points off, mm. it would have been very controversial. Yeah, but we yeah. can circle back we'll to come that. Back to we'll come it, yeah. back. So back to the race, Mexico. Um, the pit window for the soft tyres started to open around lap 20, but obviously some people were able to push them a bit farther, further but by this point, Ferrari was mm. so far behind. It was just, no one spoke about them. They were no, just running were around just fifth and sixth. Out of it. I think, yeah, it was just, it was just a bit And it is important because, again, they are pretty much battling for that second place with Mercedes. Yeah, there's 40 points in it now. Yeah, I which mean. Which is quite a big gap over two races, but then. It's not it's unassailable. N- yeah. And, and you think you would be pushing 
you know, even if one of their cars beat one of your cars, then you're looking a bit more comfortable. But yeah, to to just be lapping around so much slower, fifth and sixth. Especially when you consider the reliability issues that Ferrari have had. They've had a lot of DNFs this year yeah. and a lot of, you know, incidents that were maybe driver fault and a lot, um, the majority that were car mm. fault. And those 40 points, if over two races, Ferrari only have two finishes, but Mercedes have four finishes, yeah. then that 40 points is possible. So it does seem a bit a bit strange, but we don't know the reasons why they were so uncompetitive, I guess. No, no. So on lap 24, Perez pitted for mediums, and then Max come in two, two laps later on lap 26, and he'd come out ahead of both of the Ferraris. Yeah. So he'd already, by lap 26... He built up a pit window. So he's lapping a second, a lap quicker almost. Yeah. Obviously, he's in the clean air, but the Ferraris are dropped behind. So yeah, they're pretty they much clean air as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he come out behind both of the Mercedes and the Mercedes were running one and two. Yeah. And, you know, you thought that you'd see him close that gap and then the Mercedes go in and pit for the softs a bit later on. But only four laps after Max pitted, we saw Hamilton come in for the hard tyres, and he was... I mean, he's always moaning yeah, on the radio yeah. about his tyres, but he was moaning on the yeah. radio about the tyres. But I, I just don't understand where these problems are coming from, because it happens a lot. I mean, Russell was complaining, Hamilton's complaining, so both drivers are unhappy with the tyres they were given. Is the team not listening to their feedback? Are they not giving appropriate feedback? Um you know what is going wrong with their data yeah because over the weekend on the friday and the saturday they're collecting all this data about mm. all the different compounds they should know what works well and they should have the briefings with the drivers and the drivers know what works well they shouldn't be surprised the drivers yeah. shouldn't be questioning the strategy they should you know they're a team yeah they, they are should one be team. going along with the strategy they should yeah. you know it should be developed together i just i mean it, it came up at one point um, target plus six. Yeah. I, I, and I think that was for Russell or Hamilton. And they pitted not long after. And it was, okay, was that a lie? Was was your target so far back? Like, what was the original plan? Was it to pit even earlier? Like, yes. did well, they think the mediums were actually better than the softs? I mean, it's just... Maybe for, they felt for their car, the, the mediums worked better than the softs. And as Hamilton only stayed two two seconds behind yeah. Verstappen for quite a while. Maybe that it's was possible. possible. But, but then, then I thought, oh, okay, Hamilton's come in lap 30 out of 71. Long race. Russell might, mm. they might push him out and yeah, diverge the strategies. strategies. But he come in five yeah. laps later and then they were both questioning yeah. why they were on the hard tyres. And it just is something we've seen so much this season and it's something that we've probably not really seen in the like, nearly 10 years mm. since yeah. Mercedes been back in the sport as their own team they've always had or for a long time at least they've had very good strategies yeah. and in like 2018 or how whenever Ferrari had a better car better, better mm. pace but Mercedes always had better strategy and been more consistent yeah and now that's not really the case it's a bit strange I guess that's why we're questioning it and the drivers are questioning it so much yeah, I, I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm confident they will have a better car next year. Yes. Um, especially with, you know, more wind tunnel time. Um, 
again, especially compared that a gap to Red Bull is going to be even harsher with the with the penalty. Um, but they need to be again to win championships. You got to be, you know, drivers have to be giving it the best they can. The team has to. The strategy, the car, everything needs to be, you know, better than everyone else. Yeah. And at the moment. I, th- I think the drivers can do it. I think both Hamilton and Russell are, are solid. Yeah. Um, but th- if that strategy doesn't keep up, I mean, going toe-to-toe with, say, Red Bull again, or, I mean, with Ferrari, they might have an easier time. But if <laughs> it is Red Bull, I mean, how many points are you going to be throwing away race after race by getting your strategy wrong? Which is what we've seen with yeah. Ferrari. I know that, like, uh, maybe now Ferrari's car's not as good. Yeah. Other teams have maybe developed or they've had to cut back on spending. But... But yeah, Ferrari have thrown away so many points from strategy. You don't want a two-horse race to become a one-horse race because of a human yeah. being, you know, because you want you want it to be about the drivers and yeah. about the cars. You don't want it to be about the strategy or the pit stops or, you know, oh, their pit stop took five seconds, theirs took three points. Yeah, you, you, want, you want the battle to happen on track, going around corners and not in the pits. And unfortunately, even after the... You know, I, I think if you can go back and listen to this podcast after the first few races, <laughs> there was these little nuggets of great racing between Max and Charles. And since then, it just hasn't happened on track. No. Um, and, and that's due to all of the above that we've been talking about. But next season, if we can, if we can get a bit more of that, I think that would be, you know... It would make the season a lot better. Especially with the regulations that the idea was that it would bring all the teams together mm. and there would be more on-track racing and it hasn't really delivered in that respect, no. I think. And I, I do think, you know, I think that is, in my view anyway, um, because the teams have, have let us down in that regard. I think Ferrari has let us down. Mercedes has let us down in that they're not challenging. Yeah. Um Rather than the regulations, because I think the cars can follow better. I mean, they can follow better, but I guess the overtaking is still everyone thought that it would close up immediately this season. But as we see, whenever new regulations are introduced back in when Mercedes started Mm. their domination, it takes a long time for other cars. You know, that one team will hit the nail on the head first time, and everyone else has to adjust. And as to you know, they all end up converging on one on one kind of car they will end up looking quite similar towards yeah, the end yeah. whereas this season there's been so much variation and mm. I think people weren't expecting that people expected the cars all to look quite similar all to yeah I mean when the just Mercedes and not having those side pods yeah I mean that was nuts you know either Red Bull have got this right or Mercedes have got this right there's and obviously it was Red Bull but yeah. when you've you've thrown so much into development that way you can't really come back within the season so with especially with the cost caps yeah, now, yeah. you can't then just oh we need to spend yes. this much time and money on it because you just you don't have that luxury anymore. Around the middle of the race, it kind of it just kind of died down it a bit. Was, it was getting into quite a lull. There was the Ferraris in fifth and sixth, and then the Alpines having a good race running seventh and eighth. Yeah, but it was just. There's normally a bit more jeopardy over the pit stops if someone's going to come out in front of them mm. and has the computer predicted it right. But I felt like the middle was a bit of a lull, so we'll skip over that bit until the bigger incident on lap 51. Yes. With 
Ricardo, who's probably one of our favourite drivers. Yeah, that's a, that's a podcast favourite. He's a, yeah, maybe in his free time next year, he'll come <laughs> yeah, on the show. He's got a lot more of it, so hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he collided with Yuki, and that was at turn six. And he got a 10-second time penalty, which I think was harsh. I think maybe five would have been more appropriate, but maybe um, I'm clouded. I... I, I think the problem is, again, like five five seconds is given for so much and such a range. I could see this getting a five second maybe, and I know they say. I think I think if I'm looking at it, okay, Yuki's race was ruined. He's he's out. He's out. Yeah. Ten seconds seems like, you know, that at this point anyway, it was going to push him down quite a lot. Yeah. And that seemed fair. He he it was a bold overconfident move i i, I, I think yeah. it was definitely deserving of a penalty um and it was it was a little bit dive bomby but like he, he was his wheel was alongside so yeah. it's it's how much do we want to penalize that and i you know they don't really like that kind of move so yeah. i can see why they gave it 10 seconds it's the kind of driving i like to see i like to yeah. see more bolder ambitious ambitious moves um I, I wasn't too against it just because of how much it ruined Yuki's race. Do you think that should... Be, okay, if it's a five-second penalty, it's a five-second penalty, but if mm. the driver that you collide with ends up retired, do you think then it should be a 10-second penalty? Do you think that that should be... I'm I'm torn because I think that's... I think it should be based on the move, but then, for example, uh, I, I, I always say this is sort of Hamilton's move, is it... He sort of taps his his front left against someone else's back right, yeah. um, and he has no real issue. But they are spun off the track, and yeah. you know either they got to get back on and they're losing places, or they're out of the race, stuck in a gravel trap or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's happened a lot. Um, I know Albon was quite a um, <laughs> a recipient of that. Target, yeah, yeah, and and it's you know that's always a five second if if that and. It kind of feels like you could. I'm not accusing him of doing this, but you could abuse that, and you're only getting a five second. Yeah. You know, so it, I don't know the answer. Basically, I think I think in most cases, no. I think it should be based on the action, but that is open to abuse. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. I agree because if you're going to benefit more than five seconds, why wouldn't? Yeah, you? why wouldn't you there do was, it? With the Gasly and Stroll incident, I think it benefited Gasly more than five seconds. So yeah. that incident was not worth it, but it was kind of if, worth it. If you're it. stuck behind someone in this DRS train or just in general, I mean, like for Ricardo, even in this one, it's a lot less risky for him going head on into the side of someone than yeah. it is for obviously Yuki getting smashed into. So. Uh, do we want drivers taking these risks and making it more exciting at the cost of crashes? I don't know. Yeah, I think, I guess it's all about safety yeah. for their fire. Yeah. So that's probably where that decision comes from. But to, from lap 51 until the end of the race, Daniel Ricciardo was driving the best he's driven yeah. for several years. Yeah. <laughs> he was spurred on and those 20 laps was incredible. Yeah, if you ju- Like the rest of the race was just as dull. But if you're just watching him go through the field... I just wanted the race... The di- the camera yeah. director people. I just wanted that. 
That's all I wanted. I didn't care about Max parading out the front. I just wanted to see that. Ricardo, our man, going for it. And he did have uh, soft ties. He did have, you know, a tie uh, advantage on everyone else. But he's had that before and he's just been still stuck in the back. And Um, with the ability to, like, follow. And then there's been... The problem, I think, this year with DRS trains has made the midfield battle kind of muted because, Mm. you know, there's five cars in a DRS train and no one's overtaking. So I think that that's also caused problems in the the midfield area. But he overtook Norris, Mm. his teammate, Bottas, and then both Alpines, Alonso and Ocon. Which, big for their battle. Big for their battle. And he had that 10-second penalty and he managed to get... The 10 seconds yeah. in front of Ocon. So not he only... Kept his place. In 20 laps, he overtook four people and got an over a 10-second advantage, yeah. which was very impressive. It was... I mean, I for a race that I really was snoozing out, um, it, it was great, I think, for, for fans generally to see someone doing something. Yeah. But... I was going to say for Ricardo fans, but I think everyone I think deep it, down is is a fan. I don't think anyone can dislike him. No, exactly. So to see him, you know, knowing he's going out, and I, and I think he's he needs to be out of the sport. Yeah, but um, his his coming as a um, reserve driver. Yeah, I think potentially for Red Bull. I'm not sure. It's not been announced. I don't think, but. I think he should just step away completely, yeah. recharge, reset, and then come back at it as opposed to lingering around seeing all your friends yeah. playing on a Sunday and you're not able yeah. to compete just... it's almost like you know it's almost like being in a uni house but not being at uni you know you're sort of seeing everyone involved I just feel like you know you step away and you come yeah. back in January you know yeah um, or in, in Ricardo's case come back next uh, next season um, in January I guess yeah well um, that is a little uh there's a little Mitchell joke. Uh, if you're yeah. listening, Mitchell, we do miss you. Or if you're a housemate or previous housemate of Mitchell, you'll you'll be you'll be missing him as well. Yeah. Um, I I think I would I would like to see Ricardo maybe even just just you know you had a good run, you've won races, you've done more than most drivers, despite yeah. you know never winning a championship. Um, he loves he loves racing. That's clear to see. Go do something else. He loves America as well. Yeah. Why not go race IndyCar or something? Yeah, go IndyCar, do some endurance stuff. Um, I think there's there's other championships out there that he would really thrive in. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Sad to see on lap 63. Didn't mean that to rhyme, but it did. Mm. Alonso retired. He was not happy. I think he kicked the car a few yeah. times. And he left some angry messages on the radio. Obviously, that's quite big for the battle yeah. between Alpine and McLaren. I th- I think I saw. I, I'm I'm going to get my numbers wrong here, but it's either I think it was twenty percent um, or twenty five percent. So I, th- I think it's one in five races he's retired from. It does seem um, like a lot of the races this yeah. year has been unfortunate. Oh, it's one in four, one in five. So it's like four or five retirements. Um as well as strategy errors. Um, Alonso's been driving amazingly, and he deserves... Uh, you know, someone who wants McLaren to, to beat them, he deserves the win. You know, he, he's been yeah. driving amazing. Sometimes so. his car seems about 10 metres wide. Yeah. It takes up the yeah. whole track sometimes. He just... He's been around the sport for so long, and he's just got that natural yeah. ability. But he, he knows exactly where to put his car, and I think... Mm. 
if it wasn't for him, the um, the constructors would look quite different because there's been yeah. a lot of times where he's held up a car on better tires, newer tires, mm. faster tires, and his has been a pain, a thorn in many a side, yeah, including yeah. Hamilton, yeah. the McLaren. Everyone is just yeah. I think most of the field has had him in front of them at some point. Um, and yeah, the the only way to get past him seems to be for his car to just blow up. Yeah, really, or for so. him to go into the pit. Yeah. Or for him to decide to just put his foot down and to pull away from you, yeah. as he has done before. So getting towards the end of the race, lap 65, the gap between Verstappen had... It got to a point where it was just a bit, oh, uh, there's, yeah. nothing, there's no race here, really. No, the tyres could start to fall, fall apart and yeah. Hamilton still wouldn't be able to catch up. So. Yeah, exactly. And Perez was actually closing in on Hamilton. He was pulling away from George. There was mm. no chance of a mis- mis- Mercedes <laughs> um, what, like podium, two on the podium. Yeah. Uh, I guess it did look maybe for a bit that there could be um, a rebel one-two, but it didn't really. Yeah, I was going to say, off. at the start, like oh, a bit earlier on, it looked like maybe Russell could challenge and that nothing happened. And then, yeah, it looked like Checo could. Nothing happened. Sums up most of this race, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, it would have been nice to see Checo overtake Hamilton, but, I, I you know... It's not the end of the world. No. And they, they've they rounded out their season now, really. They're just yeah, they're, having a party for the last few yeah, places. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't honest. matter if they both crash out every time they've they've done it. So, yeah. um, I'll just go for a run-through of the results. So our podium was Max, then Lewis, then Perez. Fastest lap went to George, who finished in fourth, which could be important for the um, for their constructors' battle with Ferrari. But it, yeah. as we said, it's quite quite close fifth and sixth was signs and Leclerc, just a bit unimpressive yeah just and even despite being fifth and sixth like Leclerc never really seemed to challenge signs full fifth either no so it no. was almost like the life had been sucked out of them um because you'd expect Leclerc to be to be trying something but yeah they just was muted I yeah. would say um, Daniel Ricciardo, he started 11th. He had that 10-second penalty. He ended up 7th. Good lot of points for him. And then Ocon was behind him in 8th. And then Lando, he did lose out of place. He qualified in 8th. Mm. He didn't have the best of races, ended in 9th. I'd say, it, yeah, it's just a, he, a consistent, I suppose, yeah. apart from the start. But but he had um, it rounded out of double points, finishing yeah. a good weekend for McLaren, yeah. so... It was good. Bottas as well. He qualified incredibly well in yes, six. Yes, yeah, we didn't talk about that. We didn't really talk about good. that. But his, no, he was Mr. Six, wasn't he? Like yeah, at the beginning yeah. of the season, every race he was qualifying in sixth. Or and then the, the car six. sort of fell away in pace. Um, yeah. But yeah, hints of that there in um, in qualifying, not so much in race pace, but still a point. But so. still a point, so that's good. Um, then just outside of the points, and just outside of the points, not very much between it was Gasly and Albon obviously Gasly had had that penalty for the five seconds but he made up three places in the race so I think that was a good race for Gasly especially after that five second penalty as well and same for Albon Albon made up five places and in the car he's in that is quite impressive with only two DNFs you'd expect you know (laughs) a bit a bit different so um Joe he just had a bit of a boring race no nothing much finishing in 13th 
And then you had the Aston Martins, who have at points this season looked all right, and at points this season looked looked like the worst terrible. car on the grid. Yeah, they've um, been quite yo-yo-y. So, so they finished in fourteenth and fifteenth, but obviously Stroll had that crash, hmm. and he also had received a three second, three place, sorry, grid penalty. So I guess maybe yeah, started at the back. Fourteenth so. and fifteenth was yeah. maybe that was a good result for them. It's hard to tell it's at hard this to point. Tell. Um, yeah. Um, Mick just been Mick a bit. Yeah, nothing from nothing him. special. Finishing in in sixteenth. Um, Kevin Magnussen, I think he he did all right, but again, like his car didn't really allow him to do much. No. He finished in seventeenth, but he did have a have a five place grip penalty hmm. um, because of an engine change. And then the last of the finishes in eighteenth was Nicholas Latifi bringing up the rear. Bringing up the rear. Um, I think we've said enough think, on the podcast about yeah. our feelings towards... <laughs> nice guy. Yeah. A nice guy who loves Nutella. Yeah. But... Shouldn't be, shouldn't be on the grid. And then, as we've said, Alonso and Sonoda had to retire, which is a bit sad, but only two yeah. retirees. That's uh, kind of average. It's yeah. not too many. Yeah. So, that's all right. Um, so... In the drivers, obviously, Max has paraded away with this. But Sergio Perez and Charles Leclerc only have five points between yes. them, which seems surprising. I, I thought that Perez had been better. You know, I thought he'd be mm. further ahead, but I guess I suppose he's won I'd... two races. Yeah, so. I suppose. I mean, I like Checo, but I always, you know, assumed he'd be third. Yeah. So, yeah, to have the one-two as well, if they do manage that, would be... Yeah. Would be enough, I think. Five him. points in it, it's close. Yeah. You know, yeah. we have to see how it goes. But the way that the season's ending... Does look like he could do it. does look like he will round out a 1-2 in the constructors, which is very impressive. Yeah. Especially considering how we all thought that the, the teams were going to be closer. Yeah. There wasn't going to be as much. Um, and at, you know, Red Bull, they've wrapped up in the constructors as well. And Ferrari and Mercedes, they are 40 points, which is probably insurmountable, but... You never know, two crashes, three crashes. It could keep it, it could exciting, swing. you know. I mean, obviously, if we're expecting Red Bull to to stay winning, to stay dominant, the points gaps between those lower places is a lot less, so they're going to need to, you know, out outscore them by quite a few just grid places, let alone points. So Yeah, because obviously Lewis finished in second, hmm. Mexico, which is 18 points, yeah. so I guess you'd need that. You need that kind of difference. Difference for yeah. both races. So you're looking at a Mercedes finishing quite highly, and mm. then the Ferraris finishing, the Ferraris quite, finishing low. quite low, yeah. or even out probably of the a race. DNF in yeah. there. Um, I wouldn't put it past just Ferrari, just really throwing it at the last second as well, um, because that would sum up the season quite nicely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Clatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, Seen that before. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Elsewhere in the constructors, um, McLaren are on 146 points with Alpine on 153. Yeah. So that's only seven points. This I is know the that, battle to watch. I know that in the midfield, the points are a lot less, as you said. So that's that's not... It's not... A small gap. It's, it seems like seven points. Oh, that's hardly anything. Mm. But in terms of the points they tend to get, it yeah. is yeah. that's a whole race worth of points for both yeah. drivers. But it is possible. Yeah, I'd, I'd say definitely advantage um, Alpine, especially since despite 
not gaining as many points as McLaren in Mexico. They did have the better car. They were further up the field. It was obviously Alonso's DNF and then the tyre difference that I think gave it to, to McLaren. And I think also they have two um, two drivers who are doing well yeah. together, whereas I guess that's something that McLaren, they don't have that luxury no. at the moment. Also, the Haas AlphaTauri for ninth place, there's only one point in it. I don't know if anyone actually cares about that <laughs> <laughs> does anyone care well, about that um i no um <laughs> i know you've got a lot of mix fans out there um who will be sad if he is not on the grid um next year um i like gasly quite a lot um I'm, i know you've got some yuki, yuki stands out yuki there stands yeah um, short king yeah yeah as he's doing a lot for representation um I, it's not the most exciting battle as well. I mean, with one point, I mean, will they get in the points? <laughs> that's that's a good point. I would I would say, judging by this race, AlphaTauri have a better shot. Yeah. Um, Haas really started off the season strong, and have gotten a lot worse. I think AlphaTauri have been very much lower midfield. Yeah. I mean, I think eighth would be. I was maybe more representation than than Haas eighth, despite having a stronger start. Were you surprised how the season unfolded with regards to AlphaTauri being currently ninth, compared to how good Red Bull have been? Because we've seen yeah. before when they were Toro Rosso, um, a much more competitive finishing, like fourth, fifth. Like yeah, last season, um, looking good, winning races even. Gasly, I think, was sixth quite a lot in races. Um, yeah, they were consistently in Q three yeah. and and stuff. But having the same, they're they're, they're the sister team. Yeah, so the same engine. It's surprising. I think the the difference. You do expect, obviously, your sister team and, and teams with the same engine to be yeah a lot closer. I guess with when you share the same engine though, it's a bit different because the whole you're not sharing anything else, and maybe no, they've yeah. tried to diverge. Maybe they've tried to separate. The teams as much as they can, but Rebel and Alpha Tauri are the, they're owned by the same people, right? They're yeah, the same yeah. for all intents and purposes. It's like having an A and yeah, a B team. Yeah. I, th- I think maybe it's just they got their their design wrong. Yeah, um, it is quite a drop down from last season. Yeah, um, I mean, I predicted them to be a lot higher than they are. So, um, Hass is is I feel like a a bigger disappointment just because of how strong they started. Um, Mick has been, I, I would say, not quite delivering as what people expected. Um, yeah. Magnussen has had some some stronger races. Yeah. But if we look at the points in the drivers, um, Kevin Magnussen has twenty four points and Mick has twelve. So Mick has twice as many points yeah which is quite a big gap when you think about it and the same for like when we were saying earlier about lando being so much more dominant lando's outscored ocon by 30 points and alonso by 40 points Hmm. that's a lot of points it's just i guess he's out there on his own he doesn't have the um 
yeah. the support of of Daniel. And it's, I mean, it's pretty much the same story for Sonoda and Gasly. The points difference, twelve and twenty-three. Yeah. So there's definitely been a, a main driver. Yeah. I guess you can say that Yuki and Mick are both new to the sport, both less experienced. Yeah. I guess there's an argument. You would for expect. That. You would expect it to be that way round. Obviously, Magnussen of the year out, um, still a lot more experience. I think. I think points often don't show the whole picture. Um, yeah, because it doesn't show you DNFs. Yeah. It doesn't show you crashes. But you know, I'd, I'd think it for this scenario. I think it is. I would say Magnussen has has done a lot better than than Mick for sure. I would agree as well. And at the start of the season, they seem to have a much more competitive car, yeah. but maybe it's just a weird problem with the Ferraris that's kind of... Yeah, it was all the Ferrari cars seemed to be uh, sort of end-powered cars. You know, they were the ones doing well, they were the ones um, moving up the field uh, from, from especially the lower teams. And then they were also, though, plagued with the reliability yes. DNF issues. And perhaps to solve that has come at the cost of speed. I I think it I think yeah. it has yeah. Because since then they've all fallen away. So the only unconfirmed seat left for twenty twenty three for next season is the Hass the second seat at Hass. We've got Kevin Magnussen is going to be there, but the second seat is looking likely for Nico Hulkenberg, but mm. it's not been confirmed. It's also could be Mick coming yeah, back. Yeah, I I, w- I would say. Because it's taken this long, I think it's more likely to be someone else. Um, I think Hulkenberg is a slightly strange choice. Do you think? I think he's a solid driver, solid midfield driver. He's got the experience. But you could say the exact same for Magnussen. Yeah. Um, And I think probably it just comes they want someone that's not crashing a lot more. Not causing causing the expense. With the 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 budget cap, it is expensive Um, to crash. And I I think... um, I heard that they might actually be able to hit the budget cap next year and have enough money to to spend everything they can. Um, And if that's because of signing someone like Hulkenberg, I mean, um, I can see it. Because Mick brings in a lot of sponsorships, have, yeah. a lot of German sponsorships. But, but maybe, maybe it's it's not as much as he's bringing out with maybe all these crashes. They so. had obviously two young drivers, mm. um, but obviously one of them was, was Russian and bringing in a lot of Russian sponsorships, yeah. which obviously doesn't look good. So they had to get rid of get rid of that. And, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't think been... that was a bad decision. No, no, no. And, um, in terms of driver quality either, I think. Yeah. Their Mazepin was there for financial reasons purely, and maybe having a driver like Nico who's not there for financial for that. reasons, yeah. maybe that would be better. Maybe there'd be a better partnership. Maybe mm. there'd be. I, I mean, I could see it working quite nicely if they've got a a better car and a better midfield car. I think that could be a really strong lineup. Who would you place in the seat? Um, I just think. I I don't know. I feel like if you're trying to. It depends where they want their team to be. You know, I, I, I think you should be aspirational. So to have one driver um, who's experienced, like a, this is what a lot of the other teams are doing, and then one younger, rookier driver. Um, yeah. I think I would have done everything to try and s- sign Ricardo. Um, yeah. I don't know if they did, and Ricardo just didn't want it, but... Maybe. Um, 
yeah, I would have gone personally. I would have gotten someone uh, from F two or someone like a younger, um, younger. Do you um, not think that if they're just going for a young driver, they might as well just stay with Mick because he yeah. is good. He has yeah. performed well in the junior formulas, and he also has a lot of fans. He has a lot of sponsorship. Yeah, money. I, I think I'd probably give him one more year. But if if you're dead set against that, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I often think when you're out of the sport for a while, it always feels odd to me coming back in. Yeah, I just, I just think there's, there's younger drivers who, who want a shot and they deserve a shot I more than that, yeah. someone. I mean, Hulkenberg, what he's going to come back and he's going to extend his period. I mean, this, this might age really badly, but I reckon he's going to come back <laughs> in and extend his period for, for longer streak without a win. Yeah, because every, you know, he's, he's had. Not- He's not going to be in a, in a car that no. is going to be competitive. And he's had chances and and blown it, you know, of his own accord and sometimes not of his own accord, but I think he's I think he's a good driver, I think he's a nice guy, but it wouldn't be my first choice. Well, we'll see. Probably soon, probably by yeah. the time we're doing the Brazil episode, I was gonna say, it'll yeah, be by next week. We'll know for sure who who is going to be in that seat. Um we got quite a lot of other changes. Um, I reckon we we can talk about that at a later date. I think uh-huh. um, some of these other changes because there's there is quite a lot of moves. Um, some of the teams staying the same, but um, yeah, uh, the top the top teams yeah. are staying the same. The top three teams. A lot of um, midfield changes. Yeah. Um, but again, we'll we'll save that for another day because it's probably a longer discussion. Yeah. Did you want to circle back now to the? Um a little bit on the on the Red Bull cheese. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe if we close off with some. Some cheating, because um, that's the the drama that everyone wants. We're not talking about Mitchell either. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I really hope he's not listening to this. <laughs> um, we love um, you, Mitchell. So, <laughs> Harry, you are our resident Red Bull fan. Yeah. So our feelings differ on this. It yeah. turned out to be within the five percent breach, mm. and some of it was to do with. Uh, a tax credit, um, a not tax correctly credit, applied. So like a clerical error. Yeah. Do you think, though, that it was ended up 1.8 million or something like that? It was like, yeah, it was under a percentage, wasn't it, I think? So it was under 5%. Yeah. But as we heard from other teams during the process when everyone was given mm. their opinions, yeah. that's more than they would spend developing the car for the whole season. What What I would say is I think it should have I think it should be in these instances a very harsh penalty. And I think wind tunnel time was a good decision. Um I think that's incredibly important for next season. Um I would have paired it with a reduction in the next cost cap. Yeah, I would have done um, it um for a longer period of time. I'd have said for the next five years or something until twenty twenty six when the new the new engines come in. Um I feel like maybe then we're leaning on too harsh i think if it's but it was so, it was quite a small thing and I, I think where i differ is i i, I think it should be harsh i don't I, I, a lot of the teams and mercedes especially but a lot of the teams before we'd even heard what had happened before we'd even heard and this is the fia's fault saying that they they were over not saying by how much all being rumors not knowing the yeah. penalty system it just fed into this really toxic narrative and the team's perpetrate this all the time and red bull do this as well so it is it's all of them um there should not be that much speculation and it shouldn't lead to the kind of 
accusations yeah. that it did. Because they were it directly turned, accusing them of cheating and it being... nasty. Yeah, like, like um, doing this on purpose and, and all this kind of stuff. And I think especially in the first year of doing this, where you have a system that is clearly not well-defined... Yeah. They um, did have a trial run the season before. Yeah. So they knew how it worked. They knew what to include, what not to include. They knew... They just they knew the procedures. They knew how it worked. And yeah, and and that's why I'm not excusing it. But I think, I think to directly say, I, I mean, why would you risk it? Why would why would you do it on purpose? I don't know if they did do it on purpose, but I think if you can think, oh well, I can overspend by one point eight million, and I only get a ten percent reduction in my mm. time because the amount of time you get in the wind tunnel is it depends on where you finish yeah. so i think that it's only going to dock them by like 2 days or something yeah but it is out a, of 20 something 24 yeah but i mean days. you could say but out of that much is still that 10% reduction is still quite a hefty thing yeah um but it I affects mean, them the least because they won they're, yes, they're, they're but then they're getting less to start with it's like a 7% it works yeah. out rather than 10 i suppose if you're taking it that way um but when you're already getting the least amount of time. I, I, again, I think I would have paired it with a, a reduction the next year, or maybe two years. I think five years five is Five years may be too long. But... Uh, maybe two years. Make it clear that it's... But again, I, I, this should all have been set out before. I don't. You can't say you broke the law and then go to court and then they think, oh, how much do we give for murder? I don't know. Like, yeah. You know. But then I guess you can go and make a plea deal which is what they did they yeah, yeah, they no, said i mean oh, you we're can guilty. you can take circumstances into it afterwards yeah. but if there's no baseline then you don't know what's do you think to, like we don't know if they've been more, harsher than they were yeah. going to be or le- more lenient do you think that they should be able to plead their case and not only plead their case because obviously they should be able to yeah. speak up for themselves but they shouldn't i think they shouldn't be able to make a bargain deal no. i think that's a bit strange but that's, that's what it is isn't it that, this is what formula one is it's all backroom yeah, deals i mean we saw that with the ferrari, the ferrari thing yeah thing. not making that public i mean it, uh, i mean back to the sport being invented is this is what happens yeah um and i think we're not going to get away from that especially with the the sport going after more and more money led tracks and it the culture doesn't seem to be changing no if anything it seems to be getting worse so uh, yeah i'm i'm disappointed um in the whole thing i think um i i definitely don't think i'm as accusational as as a lot of people have been i don't think that's healthy even no i think it it Um, showed off the worst side of the sport the side of the sport that every it comes up all the time and you have to if you're a fan you have to accept that this sport isn't nice but it definitely showed off the worst of the teams the worst of the uh the fia the the it just it didn't highlight anything positive and i think especially how the previous season ended it yeah it could have been a chance to controversy to sort of almost like a reset you know new race directors new yeah and uh it hasn't been has it no it's it's just been another weird season i suppose in general but um hopefully this can be a, another lesson and take some take some lessons from this. Um, again, I, I reckon we could fill a whole episode of of talking about 
reflection on the FIA over the season. Maybe we will. Maybe we will, because I've got some moans. (laughs) (laughs) We'll Um, circle back for our driver of the day, shall we? Yes, driver of the day. Harry, who are you going for? Um, Well, I think we're going to have the same. I, I, I know we've been talking about it, and... I was I was thinking about who else, but this may be the only opportunity, um, or the last opportunity, really, if he, if he doesn't yeah. come back, um, for Daniel Ricciardo to be yeah. my driver of the day. Daniel is mine. We tried to go for different ones, but yeah, we I, both love Daniel yeah. Ricciardo. What can we say? Um, again, I mean, you could easily give it to, to Max or Hamilton for getting second, or, but I, I feel like there was nothing spectacular there. No. Um, obviously, despite... Ricardo causing that accident with again if you are a Yuki Stan, um, you're gonna be yeah, he's gonna be public enemy number one to you, but it was just nice to see a driver that I like driving well or just having that fire again. Yeah. Um, to get that ten second gap yeah, was that very was really impressive. Exciting. And it was the only exciting yeah, thing. It makes it if this was um one of the best races of the season and this happened, you know, I would easily sub him out for someone else, but because it was quite a dull race, it it felt all the more exciting. It felt like everything else was a parade, yeah. and he brought the excitement yeah. to the race. So for that, we thank him. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Ricardo, and we'd love to have you on. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please come in on in your free time. We'll, we'll, we won't pay you. Um, we 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 have yeah. no money, but we'll get you a cup of coffee from yeah. the campus, and that's very expensive. If that anyone's actually, been to the University of York. Probably more than he's getting uh, to be a reserve driver. Yeah. So, um, Ellie, the best section of the show. My favourite section. <laughs> what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts. All right. I've got a lot of thoughts, oh, yeah. but I'm going to have to conduce them. Until My final one. thoughts are Red Bull are cheats. <laughs> dirty, dirty scumbags. Dirty scumbags. My other final thought is that I love... Daniel Ricciardo maybe as much as I love Lando mm, mm. and my other thought is that I just hope that next season we see a bit closer yeah. a bit closer racing um, amazing final thoughts um, my final thoughts are first of all it's good to be back oh it's, it's good to be back it's in the studio to be back. I think I'm gonna I'm just gonna be more uh, sort of self-referential uh, final thoughts and I'm also gonna say uh, Mitchell, we miss you dearly. Obviously, our, our wonderful listeners are going to miss you dearly. Um, but to be fair, you wouldn't have watched this race anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and probably would have said about five. About things. probably the same as you've said in this podcast. Yeah. So we um, love you so much. We love you, uh, and thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back for uh, the next race, which is in Brazil. Brazil. Yeah, uh, which is going to be a sprint race. Um, Grand. I believe. Can't wait. So that's all of our, our favourite things. Um, so we'll have loads to talk about. Uh, so please join us then. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you, Harry. Thank you for listening to Rear Winging It. <laughs>